We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. And this is the show where we talk a little bit about uh, yesterday's slate, review some strategy stuff, talk about today's slate a little. We got we got some weather weather to deal with today. I think I think there's a there's a bunch of weather spots that we may not know about until a bit later. But uh, I'm always in the YouTube chat with you folks. I see Mr. Uh, Charles McSorley. Frederick Dute, Suki Singh, Daniel Hutchings, Tony P, Zach Cobbs, Max Coach One, Zupocalypse. You know what to do. Hit that thumbs up button. Keep my apple juice cold in the morning. It's nice. It's nice and cold. Just got it out of the fridge. Keep it there for the, for the next uh, 45, 50 minutes, whatever amount of time. Go over what's going on today. Yesterday, yesterday started out well. Yesterday started out well and did, did it didn't end well. Okay. Uh, yesterday uh, was interesting strategically because of the two postponed games. Because actually, the two games that got postponed were the games that were were set to be the most popular games. Right? We had that Coors game, the Giants and the Rockies, and the Giants DraftKings just forgot the price up. Right? So, so they they were going to be pretty chalky. Right? Guys like Belt and Longoria, and you know their outfielders and Whoever there, because they were they were still like under four k, three k, something like that. Uh, but they, it started to snow there, and cores got canceled. And then we had the Dodgers in in Wrigley Field. Uh, Walker Bueller was still going to get some ownership, even though there was going to be wind blowing out to, to Wrigley in Wrigley. Uh, so and the Dodgers were kind of underpriced, also a little bit. Maybe not bets. Bets was six thousand, but we had some Dodgers in the four k range, and and they were going to be popular. Well, that game gets gets postponed. That game gets rained out. So this this is what all happens like two hours before lock. I mean, which I'm glad. I'm glad we get we get the news early. But the question is, Vader's out of all that ownership go to, right? Because originally the ownership was going to go to Giants, going to the Dodgers. Well, now they're out on the slate. 
Then we have only two pitchers that are above like 10K. And that was Bueller and that was Glasnow. Now Glasnow was already going to be somewhat popular. And Bueller was maybe going to get maybe 15, 20% ownership. So where does that go? Well, the question comes in, like, what type of roster constructions could you make now? Because before, you were probably, a chalk construction would have been something like either, like, glasdown Maeda, which was the chalk pitcher combination, and then, like, a couple of Giants, a couple of Dodgers, right? You had some cheap do- cheap Giants and expensive Dodgers, uh, because Maeda was underpriced also yesterday uh, for, for him coming back. He hasn't pitched well uh, this year, but... Uh, He's a pretty good pitcher. He scored the most points. He scored 29.6 points yesterday. Uh, but now that Bueller's gone, like, what what do you do with pitcher? Like, as far as, like, if you don't play the chalk pitching combination. Because we see here that Glass now 56%, Maeda 38%. I'm assuming Bueller would have taken something off of Glass now, right? Okay, I'm assuming, like, ownership like Savale, like, was going to be lower. And, uh, and we also got Otani was scheduled to pitch, but then he's not, right? This was a little bit earlier in the day. So Quintana was going to pitch for him. So that added another pitcher in like the mid-range. He only came in at 8% ownership. I'd eyed a bunch of him. Uh, I mean, he did well for two innings, had a horrible third inning, and then did well. He had nine strikeouts, but he still gave up four runs. So the question came in, like, where, where... Where do you go a pitcher if you don't go with Glasnow Maeda? Because Glasnow was not in a good spot. Glasnow did not project well for his salary. Ballpark downgrade against an Angels team that doesn't strike out as much. Okay, uh, obviously he gave up like three runs in the last inning that he was in. He was he was he was doing well to that point. Eighteen point seven on the grand scheme of this slate, eighteen point seven was was good for raw points. Maeda Glasnow Creamer. The dairy creamer, that guy, Dean Creamer, he projected well. I'm surprised he only came in at nine percent ownership. I thought he was actually going to be. I thought Wayne. I thought Creamer would be where Wainwright is, and Wainwright would be where Creamer was. I thought Creamer would be twenty percent owned, not Wainwright. It worked out for me because I played. I played a ton of the Mets, so that's fine. But I would have played way more Creamer. I wouldn't have played as much uh, Seattle. Which I did because I thought Kramer would be would be a popular SP two option. Daniel Lynch making his major league debut. I took a shot on him. I mean, he did okay until kind of the end. Uh, only scored five point seven, but he was four K. Right, no big deal. Then we have like Montes, Mats. Like no one really did all that well. Velasquez did well. We had that game. That game was like a a risk, a rain risk. But I didn't think it was that much so that I treated it like it like it didn't matter. Right. Philadelphia, Milwaukee. I, I I put the bats in that game. I thought people would get scared off. Didn't didn't want the pitchers, but Velasquez did pitch well. Uh, Dane Dunning got fifteen point seven five. I don't know how he pulled that one off. Uh, but the key was is like, okay, where does everyone go, and how do you take advantage of that? So the pitching, it's like, it was very hard. I I built one hundred twenty five lineups yesterday. I I still had sixty percent class now. I I didn't want I didn't want it. I wanted to build lineups without glass now, but it was hard not to because from a raw points perspective, where are you spending your money? Where, you, where, where is it? You play Maeda at like what? 7,800, whatever he was. And then what? If you play Daniel Lynch at 4,000, then okay, you're spending up at bats. How many lineups can you build like that? I didn't think Montes was all that appealing. I think Savali was overpriced. I played a bunch of mats. 
that didn't really work out. Like Quintana was 7K. Like where where are you spending the money just to get raw points? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. You could leave 4,000 on the table. Yeah, of course you can. So where are you spending raw points? Because you don't have bets. You don't have the Rockies on the, on, the, on the slate anymore. Harper and Hoskins were out for the Phillies. Right, where are you spending the money? I mean, like what what and 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 Tatis and Machado were chalk. But that's the main reason. Like, okay, where are you gonna spend your money? Well, Padres. The Padres stack was a higher owned stack, not the chalk chalk chalk. I mean, like, no one was really that chalk. The twins came in chalky, like people paid up for Byron Buxton. He didn't project wealth for his salary. I think he's at sixty one hundred or whatever. People didn't, and then Trout is there, but people are playing glass now against him. So you're not spending money on Trout. So where's the money going? Jose Ramirez, right. You're paying up for that, right? Buxton for no reason, right? Arenado at third base. You're paying up Goldschmidt. Like you see a Rosarina, like you, you just had, you had the salary. But you had to be aware of that when you're building your lineups. Just because you have the salary, everyone else has the salary also. So in order for me to build lineups that had maybe cheaper stacks or off the board stacks, I had to play Glasnow in my eight. I just had to play Glasnow. Just pay 10K and whatever. Hope I get hope I get enough raw points, which it worked out to be that way. But the twins, the twins actually came in way higher on than I thought. I didn't play that much of them anyway. The Rays a little bit, right? Really, the, but the two teams, the, the, the three teams that I played the most of were the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Blue Jays. But in Slate IQ, they were, the, they were the highest positive leverage stacks. And, and the, for, from the ownership, I was happy with it. Absolutely happy with it. Yeah, yeah, Goldschmidt and Arenado, you know, they, they were owned. But, I mean, I had stacks with, with Bader and O'Neill and Edmund and everyone around that lineup. And the same thing for the Mets. Like Alonzo... Alonzo only come in at 9% owned, and I, I thought it would be double that. Where are, you, where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your salary cap? People spend it at shortstop with Tatis, 35% owned, zero. Okay? I tried to avoid that. I still play Padres, right? I knew people would, would put in Alex Karoloff. He's still underpriced. So making twin stacks with him, okay, that made sense, but a lot of people did that. I didn't know how old Quintana was going to be, so I didn't know if the Tampa Bay stack would be relevant enough for leverage. But it turns out that the Mets were. It turns out with Wainwright being the third highest owned pitcher, I actually, I just, I, I walked into a good spot. I didn't, I was playing the Mets regardless of Wainwright's ownership. If I knew Wainwright was 19% owned, I would have played the same amount of Mets. Right? I wasn't playing Lucchese, so yes. Cardinals Mets, and they were fine for a while, and then better just the last three or four innings. Really, no one did anything. When Ben Rortvet is nine percent on the Twins, I mean, yeah, he's the chief catcher. Like you could visualize these constructions that people are going to do. It's like Glasnow, Maeda, Machado, Tatis, and then press the optimize button. It's like whatever stack fits in like that, that's 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 what you're going to get. But that means you're going to pay up for Buxton because you have the money. If you're not playing playing Tatis, you're probably playing Buxton. Who else in the outfielder was even, who in the outfield was even over 5K on this slate? That wasn't Trout. Because you could have played Trout, but you're not going to play Trout against Glasnow. So we saw Trout's ownership, 7%. 
On a slate where you had the salary, this is at 7%, pretty low. But the main thing that you had to consider yesterday was what happens when both those games get postponed? And what what do you how do you believe the field is going to react, not just to that, but also that first game on the slate, the, the Philadelphia Milwaukee game? That you know, that that wasn't safe. And then it started to rain in the eighth inning, and then it didn't went away. I treated it as it, it didn't it, it wasn't gonna rain, hoping that the field would be scared of it. Because that condenses ownership even more. So I played Milwaukee stacks. I played Phil, I played Philadelphia stuff, even with their warped down lineup. Right, I have Roman Quinn in, in in two lineups, and he's he's pulling four percent owned. Okay, give it to me on an eight game slate now. Sure, give it to me. But that's the key. That that was the key to yesterday. How do you believe the field is going to react? It's easy. It's easier to project ownership when everything's available. And it's okay, but now that it's you know a half an hour, forty five minutes before lock, and it's like, well, this game's off the slate, and this other game went off the slate. You know, went off the the board an hour before that, where are people going to go? Because there, there wasn't like one highly projected spot. Yesterday, it was the Giants and the Dodgers, but they're both gone. Those were the highest projected places. The Padres kind of were ne- kind of were next against Tyler Anderson, who had like five innings and no hit ball. And then from there, it's like a lot of evenness. We looked at, if you looked at the bat yesterday, the, the, Point projections, stack-wise, of all the stack of most of the stacks, of, of, of there were sixteen teams. I think twelve out of the sixteen teams were within like five total points of each other. If you look on Slate IQ, the winning percentages is very similar. But you know, people are irrational. So, oh, this is a good uh, San Diego and Mil- and Minnesota. It's like, yeah, well, well, how about the Cardinals? How about the Mets? How about the Blue Jays? Well, the Blue Jays are getting a ballpark down grade. So how long are they going to be? Bichette? You have, people paid up for, for Tatis, but not Bichette. Is Tatis a better play? Of course he is. Against Tyler Anderson versus Bichette against Montes. But that look at the difference. 9% ownership versus 35% ownership. So why not play, why not play Guerrero? Also. Well, you're overpaying. Yeah, you're right. You're overpaying. But you look at feelings here. Compare their ownership to the Padres' ownership, to the Twins' ownership. That's really what you're thinking about. Because you had, because you had the money. And if you if you're playing non Glasnow lineups, you have all the money in the world. There's no other pitchers worth paying. It's Savali's. You could pay eighty nine hundred for him. I didn't. Then you had Wainwright, and I wasn't playing him. So it's like if I'm making let I'm making lineups that are like Maeda and Max. And Max was like what 7,800 or something. And then if if it's a contrarian stack, I'm playing Tatis in my shortstop spot. Okay. But if not, like where am I going? How do I fill that shortstop spot in a stack? And I've I've plenty of salary to spend. Well, the Blue Jays. Right? Paul DeJong. Right? If we take a look at shortstop here. Right, you had Cleveland, but I was playing Lynch, so I didn't play Cleveland. Lindor, yeah, I had plenty of Lindor, who, why is he getting paid $300 billion? I don't know. Polanco is part of the twin stack, which which is is insane. Here's how you could tell that people are, are playing too 
chalky constructions. Tatis is 35% owned. Kirilov is 21% owned. So what people doing are building stacks and then playing those guys as one-offs. Because with how owned the Twins were, there's no reason that a Jorge Polanco, who is eligible at both middle infield positions, was only 4% owned. It doesn't make sense. This is what you should be exploiting. Did he project all that well? No. But if you're playing a twin stack, why are you playing a twins, a Terrelloff twin stack with Tatis at shortstop? You're playing a chalky stack with, with Buxton. You're playing Buxton, Tatis, Terrelloff. Why? We took a, take a look at that ownership. Like that, that's the most common construction. You're playing Glasnow Maeda with a Terrelloff, Tatis, Buxton lineup with a twin stack. Welcome to Chalk City. Well, I mean, that's uh, why. Now, did I think the Twins was gonna be, were going to be as high owned? No. I still think Kirilov was going to be 15% owned. I mean, I, it's not like they were going to be not owned. They, they were going to be low owned. But you have to visualize the lineups. You have to visualize what, what constructions could fit in. If I play a twin stack, it makes the most sense to play Kirilov and Buxton and Cruz and Arias you know, something like that. And then it's like, oh, then now I can pay a first to tease a shortstop, right? Right, you play Tommy Pham as a one-off or something like that. You play, you play, uh, even on, on, uh, on the Twins, you don't, uh, we have Donaldson at third base. So like how much, how much, uh, how old was Donaldson? Right, 7%. When Karoloff and Buxton and Arias are all 15, 16, 21% owned. The twin stacks, five-man twin stacks weren't as owned as it looked like because of the other ownership on the team. If you built a lineup with the T's Kirillov and Buxton in it, like what, and Machado? You're doing it like a, a 5 two, one twins with Glasnow and Maeda? Like, well, welcome, welcome to, welcome to you holding hands with a lot of lineups in that contest. You're going to need some outlier results from the other guys in, in your lineup. Whatever that one-off is. Is it the best projected lineup? Yes. I'm not disputing that. Is it the lineup most likely to win $50,000 for first place? Absolutely not. That's what you're aiming for. Large field GPPs. You're aiming in any GPPs. You're aiming for first place. But I understand if you didn't, if you didn't know that was going to be the truck construction. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't have either. Would I have thought that 16.8% of the field was going to pay up for Byron Buxton? No, <laughs> I didn't. I thought maybe it'd be 8% though, right? I thought I, the twin stack wouldn't have him in it. It would have Cruz in it instead. What was Cruz's ownership? 10%. Well, whatever. It's, it's close enough. We can see the one-offs right here, like the Ramirez, the Rosarina, all these pay-up spots because... Any non-Glasnow lineup, like, look, there's 56.9% ownership, 57% ownership. So that's 43% of the field, because you couldn't play Bueller, had a combined pitcher combination of, like, less than, like, 16K, which means you could pay for expensive stats, which this this is why... This is why some of these expensive players are more owned than you may have thought. 
We had to, th- but you have to think about that beforehand, before when you make lineups. But that's the main reason I had I had sixty percent plastic. Going into the slate, going into the slate when when Coors and the Dodgers were on the slate, I was I was considering not even playing him at all, like just have him in zero lineups. Not just saying I would play Bueller, but then I would be able to play maybe expensive Rocky stack, some type of Rocky stack, or, or Dodgers with bets, do something like that, and then play two cheaper pitchers, Maeda and someone else. But that that was taken off the table. It's like, where is everyone else going to go? And I found out that I can't make any lineups without Glass now in it because it's still it's still spending all my salary. It's it's like, okay, you got all the batters, and we still have, we I got I got ten k left. Do you want to just leave two k on the table and play someone else, or or what or what? I'm building five man stacks. I'm putting in three good one offs, and I still have all the money. So raw points wise, why don't I take why don't I take the best pitcher on the slate? From a from a talent perspective, at least. So all you need is raw points. I just didn't think outside of Maeda, I didn't think any pitcher was going to put up enough raw points that I think it wouldn't have mattered. Everyone was going to get 12, 15. You know, there'd be a plenty of those types of guys. You would Glasgow wouldn't have the ceiling game, which was true. But he still had more points than most of the other pitchers. Let's go through the YouTube chat. Kevin Adam, is it possible to reserve lineups on FanDuel and then fill them with with lineups from a CSV? Just build a dummy lineup and enter it into everything. I don't know why people don't do that. Don't reserve any lineups, ever. I never reserve lineups. You build a lineup, put in whoever you want. Don't build a lineup, literally tap around and who cares who it fills in. Then once it's all filled in, then you enter that lineup into everything that you want. And then you download the CSV, and that lineup is in all the cells for every single contest. And then you could sort the contests by whatever way you want, and then over, and then cut and paste your new lineups on top of them all. I don't know how I don't know how what reserve lineups look like. Are they empty? I've never downloaded CFC with empty stuff in it. I've always built the lineup, dummy lineup. That's what's called a dummy lineup. Simply, I go the night before. I have a lineup on FanDuel. I have a lineup on DraftKings now. And I enter all the time, all 100 contests, whatever, into there. It's the same lineup. Do I care who's in that lineup? No. I just kind of look at this like, who's on this slate? I don't know. Okay. Oh, DeGrom. Okay. And fit some stuff. And within 60 seconds, I'm done. And then I go and I enter all the contests that I want. And then you download the CSV and it's there. So I don't know. Farbar James, uh, love the videos and podcasts. Is there a tool that tells what percentage of people are stacking a certain team? Yes, it's called ownership percentage. That's where you get Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. That's 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 the point of ownership projections. How, what percentage of people are stacking? Their, yeah, the... the you look at the ownership of all the players. We we have a stack percentage page on on, on Roto Grinders for premium members. If you're not if you're not running your own ownership percentages, your ownership projections, you should be somewhere where they have them. That's that's how you can figure it out. That's that's but it's hard. It's hard to do that. And you can try to do it algorithmically, but it's not going to be perfect either. 
like I said, on Roto Grinders, we had uh, Dean Creamer, the Orioles pitcher, at around 20% owned and Wainwright at 10% owned. Turned out it was the opposite. Turned out more people played Wainwright, but it was primarily because we got we eliminated so many players that people were going to play on the slate. Dean Kramer was 6,100. Did you need 6,100? Because you were either playing him instead of Maeda in your lineup and playing Glasnow Kramer, or if you played Maeda Kramer, how do you spend all your salary? I mean, like, that's what it came down to. Wainwright was at least like 8,000 in that range. He was more likely to fit into lineups. So Kramer would have been more owned on a slate with the other team, with the Dodgers still on the slate. With the with Coors still on the slate, but figuring that out is very tough. What what is the field going to do now? I don't know. Uncrabby Cabby, uh, when hey Jordan, when building 150 lineups, what's the best way to avoid clumping? Uh, there's, there's no best way. There are ways. What I tend to do uh, to clumping meaning that you're that you're getting similar combinations to each other. So obviously the number one thing you do is you set unique players higher, right? Like in lineup HQ, like if you, if you keep it at one, that means obviously the difference between your lineups is only going to be one player. So if you, if you're trying to weave together, like, like on FanDuel, for instance, if you're trying to weave together a four, four, and it's only one person difference, like it's going to be the same two stacks just with a slightly different guy. So you can get a lot of similar combinations. So you up that up to two or three, depending on how many stacks you're playing. At least get more diversity, right? You're not playing, you're not playing the same one, two, three, four from one team and one, two, you know, three, seven from the other team. Like you're not getting the same combinations. But another way to increase that is uh like on DraftKings, for instance, I'm doing five-man stacks. What, since, remember, the optimizer is just a calculator. It's solving a knapsack problem. So, for instance, I'm, I'm just making it up on this slate, right? I don't know what's going on. But let's go, let's go to a team. I'll get rid of these. I can reset projections. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Okay, let's go to any. Let's go to a, t- a team that maybe does he project well. Let's see. Tampa. Tampa looks like it may come in. Tampa may be the value stack today. So let's go to Tampa. Okay. Tampa Bay. Okay. Let's sort by the order. This is the projected order. So Arazarina, Meadows, Wendell, Low, Kiermeyer, Adames. Tsutsugo, Zanino, Phillips. Okay, a lot of lefties against Cobb. Okay. If you were to stack five of Tampa Bay and tell the op and tell tell lineup HQ, I want a five-man stack of Tampa Bay. Most likely you're gonna get Meadows. You're gonna get something like Meadows, low. Kiermaier, Adamas, Tsutsugo, okay? You can get a lot of lineups like this, especially if you have no unique players, right? This is the highest projected point per dollar Tampa Bay stack. 
right? Because you could tell by the point per dollar value. So let's say you're building 100 lineups and you want 10 of these. 10, you want 10 Tampa Bay stacks. Well, out of the 10 stacks, you're probably going to get all 10 of them with Austin Meadows in it. You're going to probably get like eight or nine of them with Kiermaier in it. Eight or nine of them with Adamas in it. Eight or nine with Susugo in it. It's like you're going to, like four, at least, but like you're going to get four of them, if not all five. It's going to give you these five and then give you two different pitch, a pitcher, or even if you put unique players three. Let's say you put unique players three. You're going to get these same five and a different third baseman, a different outfielder, and a different SB2 or something, or a different catcher, right? You're going to get something like that. Then you're going to have your 10 Tampa Bay stacks, but you didn't take a look. You just, oh, the game's on. And next thing you know, next thing you know, Joey Wendell hits it's a three-run home run, and you literally have no none of them. None of them. You have nothing. Like, but I, but I wanted to get raised stacks. Why? Stupid optimizer. Stupid tool. It's the tool's fault. Nope, it's your fault. Nope, that's user error. You have to see here that you didn't tell, you didn't tell it what you wanted. So since I know that it's going to jam in because it's trying to give you as many of these F points as possible. That's what, that, that's what naturally is going to do that until you told otherwise. So since I know that this is going to be this is going to be the way that most of these Tampa stacks are going to be, let's say you have ten percent of Tampa Bay. Okay, obviously these. Let's say you don't even worry about the one-offs. They're going to be three mans. There's going to be whatever. Like let's let's put that out of the. You have to calculate a little bit extra for that. So if you're going if you're going to have ten, you're building a hundred lineups. And you're having 10 Tampa Bay stacks, 10%. Unless you want Austin Meadow in all 10%, cap him at eight. Maybe you want him in all 10, but I'm just saying, if you don't, cap him at eight. Because you're going to probably get a lot of Kiermaier, cap him at eight. So at least two of the stacks, it doesn't have Kiermaier. Two of the stacks don't have these guys. Then on these lower point-per-dollar players, Make sure you get some of them. So, like, maybe you put a Rosarina minimum percentage four, Wendell minimum four. Maybe you look down here, Mizunino minimum four or something, whatever, two. So, you're getting 10 of them. So, now at least your lineups, if you want different raise stacks, will be different. If you leave it up to just whatever the most fantasy points, it'll just give you the best five more often than not. So now, now you'll get some that are a Rosarina, Meadows, Wendell, Kiermaier, Zunino. Then you'll get another one that's Meadows, Wendell, Lowe, Adamas, Tsutsugo. You'll get another one that's a Rosarina, Meadows, Wendell, Lowe, Phillips. I mean, you'll get, you'll get more different raise combinations. And they'll be at different price points. So, which means that on some of some of these, when you when you're playing a Rosarina and because Wendell's forty two hundred as opposed to Susogo's twenty two hundred, that means your one off is going to be different. It's going to be a lower lower or higher price one off, or a double stud pitcher versus a, a, a cheaper SP two. It'll give you naturally different constructions. There's the reason why Wendell and a Rosarina in this example aren't coming in as much is because. They're a little bit overpriced. I mean, they're normally priced. It's just that the other 
rays are underpriced. So it's trying to give you as many of them as possible. It's not going to give you a 6.99 projected Wendell. Most likely Wendell won't even show up as a one-off in any of your other lineups because he's too low, lowly projected. But if he's going to bat third, third and shortstop eligible, and you're playing raid stacks, like why, why shouldn't you have Wendell? So make sure you get him if you want that. And if you said, no, I want to just X out Wendell, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But so many people don't do this. They go, they go to the stacks page. They put in their numbers. They go, give me 10%. They go to Tampa. Right? They go all the way down here. Oh, I want 10, 10. Give me 10. They add them up and whatever. And they go spit them out. They go 5X or whatever the hell. Joey Wendell hits a grand slam and they're, they're, they're well, why don't I have any Joey, Joey Wendell? How did that happen? Well, did you check? Did you check? So a lot of times I, I even do that before I even generate anything. Like what I just did right there with the, the raise. And because you have to know the percentage that you have because they, you, that's what you're calculating. Let's say on this slate, I have 20% raise. Well, no, I'd probably double these numbers, right? Do I want Meadows in all of them? No, I want him like 16 out of the 20. <coughs> Piermeyer in 16 out of the 20, right? Wendell in at least like eight of them. Or, or Rosarina in eight of them. And Zanino in at least four of them. You know, like that type of thing. Right? You do something like that. And then run it and see. Maybe you do this and you're still getting like Adamus in all 20. And you're like, ah, okay. Do I want him in how many? Uh, 12. And then see what happens. Tetsugo, maybe in too many. You go, oh, 12. And there you go. Brandon Lowe. And you go, okay, I don't mind him at second base. Brett Phillips at the bottom of the order. I don't know how much. Maybe you get, you're, getting, you're getting 8% of him and he only wants six. Okay, so you do that. And there you go. So you're pushing up the ones that have lower point per dollars just so you get more combinations. And you're capping the ones that have high point per dollar just so they're not just jammed in literally everything you have. Then from this point, you also have to calculate like one-offs. If you're playing like 5X, it's like, well, how much of the 16% is going to be in stacks? And how much is going to be a Meadows one-off in some other stack? That's the second thing. But this is the main thing. It's like, if you're not getting the right combination of that, what you want, you have to tell it what you want. It's going to just jam in F, F, median F points until otherwise. So let's say, like, as an example, we'll take these away. I'm going, I'm going to do this as an example. I'm going to do 5X. I'll do 100. Okay. I'm going to go to Tampa Bay. I'm going to do 100. Just 100%. Tampa Bay, build rules. Do unique players one, number of lineups 20. For like a 20 max, right? Build 20 lineups. Let's just show you live and how it works. Okay, look. Austin Meadows, Brandon Lowe, Mike Zanino. Right? You're getting 100% of DeGrom and Lamette. Adamas in 90%. Zugo in 65%. Right? So we, we sort by team. Look, you get one Arazarina lineup. Okay, look, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two of the Rays aren't even in your, any of your lineups. Who are those? <coughs> well, Joey Wendell and Brett Phillips. 
a Rosarina's only in one. You build 20 of them. So now let's go to unique players two and build it. Let's see what happens now. Okay. Let's sort by Rays. Okay. Brandon Lowe's in all of them. Meadows is in all of them. Zunino's in almost all of them. Adamas is in 16. Tsutsugo, 12. Kiermaier, 10. But is only in two. Phillips is in one now. And Wendell is nowhere to be found. Okay. So let's go up to three. Because the unique players, it's, it's, it's shifting more of the unique players like around the stats. And like your one-offs are moving around, but not... not the actual raise. You're getting a little bit, but not that much. So now we're at three. Unique players, three. Okay, let's go. Okay. You're still getting all the Meadows, all the low, most of the Zanino, most of the Adamas, because they fill weak positions. Catcher, shortstop. Kiermaier, 50%. Tsutsugo in nine. Arazarina in five. Wendell in four. Phillips in two. Okay, that's a little bit better. But if like Austin Meadows doesn't do well, you're dead. Your stack doesn't get it, right? Still not that much. But let's do what we just did before, okay? So I'm going to cap, right? Austin Meadows at 80%. At 80%. Put him at 60%. Maybe do something like this. 40. I make sure to get at least 40% of Rosarina and make sure to get at least 40% that, make sure to get 20% that, right? Just as an example, it doesn't mean, are these the exact numbers I've used? I don't know. I'm just, this is what I wanted. Now I'm going to try to build again. Okay, here we go. Of course, it's still trying to give you as much as possible. But now it's a little bit now, now here, now it's a little bit more even. Meadows 90, 18, 18 Meadows, 18 low, 14 Zanino, 12 Adamas, 10 Satsugo, 9 Rosarina, 8 Wendell, 7 Kiermaier. And and four Brett Phillips. There you go. A little bit, a little bit more different types of race stacks in 20 lineups. Still trying to jam in. It's still, I mean, it's still like all these guys. It's hard to build stacks without them. That's the best point per dollar stack. And you can see here that things you get some different one-offs. You get the same two pitchers because you have, I mean, you haven't done anything with the pitchers yet. But if you take a look at the projections, so we go to build one. Build one has not no constraints. So it's going to want to give you the highest projected lineups, 122.63, 122.51, 122 122.09, 121.91, right? It's going to give you all the way down to 121.44. So let, let's let, let show the difference, okay? So I'm going to write that down. So 122.63 at the top and 121.44 at the bottom. Okay, that's for build one. With one unique, you can just let it run. Build two. Total high is 122.63. We're still getting that top projected lineup. The low lineup is 121.14. Okay, so we're 
down 0.3 at the low end of our 20. Go to build three. 122 points. So we're still getting that same one because it's that's the top lineup that's projected with all that, not, not in taking into account ownership. The low lineup, 121.47, hmm, which is actually better than the last one, even with three weeks. Build four. Okay, 122.63. Low one is 117.06. Okay, so some of these are lower because it's putting in a Rosarina and Wendell in these two lineups, right? Wendell and a Rosarina are lower point per dollar projected. So that the median of your lineup will be coming down. But how many how many points are you sacrificing? Not much. I mean, you're 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 relying on the fact that the Rays are going to put up 12 runs, right? So in order to get Wendell, in order to get, you know, yes, you're going to be sacrificing median, but assuming they're also going to be lower owned, right? If the Rays are the truck stack, maybe you don't maybe you don't do this. But all the optimizers doing is trying to get you as many of these. But did the, the, these median points don't you care about ceilings? You care about you're building these for correlation. Should you want, if, if the last number of your 20 was like, the, the number one was 122.63 and the last one was 78.20. Like, yeah, that's all. Yeah, giving up, giving up 50? Yeah, that's probably too lowly projected, right? Five points, no big deal. 10 points, 20, 20 points, no big deal. In order to get line, get the uh, other people in your stacks, as long as you're getting the ownership with it. Typically, guys that aren't projected as well are also lower owned. And even you, you go one further. Let's say, let's say you're only playing twenty. You're only doing this, and you don't want you don't want to sacrifice that much. So really, the the two guys that are weighing down the point per dollar projection are Wendell and Rosarina. So maybe you don't play them both together, which is kind of weird because they bet first and third in the in the lineup. But let's say, let's just say, let's just say. I'm not saying you should do this. But let's just say, so you group them out. I wouldn't do this, but let's just say. And then we build 20 lineups now. So now the exposures of Wendell and Rosarina have to be separate from one another. So we have Rosarina 8, Wendell 8, but they're not, not going to be in a lineup together with each other. So you can take a look here. Fantasy points, 122.63. Still get that lineup. And the low, the low, it's actually 115.28. It actually gives you an even worse lineup because it's trying to put Brett Phillips in. So maybe we do that. We put Brett Phillips in that in that also, in that player group. This is not something that, uh, let me just make it clear. This is not something I do. I don't even suggest you do this. Just doing this as an example. So maybe probably Meadows, Low, Adames, Zunino, Tsutsugo, Fantasy Points, 121.83. To 117.82. It doesn't really do all that much anyway. But I hope that you can see here, as I delete the group, I, I, you shouldn't you shouldn't do the, the first and the third hit. You, you should be playing more lineups with them together. But you should see here how better to use lineup HQ. And truthfully, any optimizer. It doesn't have to be this one. To tell it what you want. Give you the lineups that you want. If you're building 100 lineups, and you want 20% of the Rays as five-man stacks, it's going to give, it's most likely more of those 20, most of those 20 are going to be the five best 
point-per-dollar projected players. From a point-per-dollar perspective, but you don't, we don't play point-per-dollar in DFS. We play for ceiling. So do I care that a Rosarina is 4,300? But as long as he's in my, my Tampa Bay stack, Tampa Bay puts up 10 runs. Yeah, you're right. A Rosarina could lead off and go over six. You're, you're right. It could happen. But he want to be sitting there going, oh, I played 20 raise stacks and I have zero of this guy. The leadoff hitter. No. Right? And a guy that's not like he's a crappy leadoff hitter. He's a, he's a good hitter. Do I want Joey Wendell in the middle of the order? In a weak shortstop position. Just not in my lineup. Just The Rays are going to put up 10, 12 runs. And the first, the first hitter and the third hitter in the order are the ones with overs. Like, most likely not. Does it mean you have to play them in all 20 of your lineups? No, of course not. But it's going to, it's only going to be, Optimizer just looks at these numbers and wants to give you as much of it as possible until told otherwise. I told it I didn't want as much. I didn't want Meadows in every lineup. Okay, then it's going to say, okay. You realize if I give it, it's going to say, it's going to say to you, it's going to whisper to you, hey, Jordan, you want 20 gray stacks. You, you know that that the fantasy points would be so much higher if you let me just put in all the Meadows and all the Kiermaier and all the Tsutsugo, you know? But but you're you're telling me you only want 60% of that, that, that one guy. Okay, I'm gonna some of these some of these median fantasy points may be lower by a half a point or a point. You okay with that? That's what it's whispering to you. Because it's trying to jam in all the F F points. But now it, it goes look, I'm jamming in F points, it's nice and happy. Jamming in F points, jamming in F points, and then it's like, oh, oh, I can't play Kier- Oh, I I built my last Kiermaier lineup. But I could build a so much better Kiermaier lineup after it. But now oh, you're telling me not to do it anymore. I guess I'm giving you Zanino. It's slightly lower. It's but it's like a, it's like it's a point lower. I just was happy jamming in F points, jamming in F points, jamming in F points. So you have to tell it. That's why so many people get tools like this wrong. They think that it's going to do what. Tell me what to play, Mister Optimizer. You know, like it's a wizard or something. Like no, it's an efficiency tool. You decide what you want to do, and then you program it in. And then you run it, and you go, did it do what it wanted? Did, did, did it come out the way I thought it would come out? And sometimes mathematically, you get things wrong. Right? Like yesterday, if I just said, I I, I only want 20% glass now in the lineups that I was building, you know, what the lineup HQ would spit back at me and said, no, here's 60%. Go, no, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want. I only want 20%. There's no way that... From what you're telling me, there's no way for that to happen. The only way for me to not, the only way for the optimizer not to give me Glasnow is if I took the minimum salary and put it so it leaves 5,000 on the table. It's like, it's like I, I'm doing what, I'm giving you the five-man stacks you want. I'm giving you the three most expensive one-offs and Kenta Maeda, and you're left with 11,000. So like with it, and, and you're setting the minimum salary to 49,000. Like that, it's, t- it's going, hello, hello, I have to give you Glasnow. There's no mathematical way for me not to give you glass now. Yeah, if you if you put the minimum salary down to forty four thousand, oh oh now I can fit in some five k guy and leave five thousand on the table. But you didn't tell me that, so it's gonna give me it's just jamming glass now because they, I'm telling it to spend at least forty nine thousand in salary. So I'm not sitting there wondering why I'm getting sixty percent glass now. I know why. 
I wanted to get as little of him as possible. And as little of him as possible was 60%. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I care about. Once I saw that, I'm like, I don't know. The only way that I, I would have to then build even more expensive stacks. And I didn't want to even want to do that. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm playing glass now. And hope for raw points. Good luck to me. Let's see. Let's answer some questions before we get out of here. Hit that thumbs up button. Keep the apple juice cold. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Still need some more thumbs ups. Superman's here. Superman, he's here to save the day. Just joining the show. Bankroll management question. Trying to build bankroll smartly. If starting out with $500, how much percentage would you recommend to play for GPPs? I don't know if $500 is a bankroll. Truthfully. Can you replenish it? $500 is... It's like 10%. At that point, if you can replenish it, then it's really not a bankroll. That's that's the truthful answer. If you can replenish it in two weeks and put more money in, then really you don't have you don't have a five hundred dollar bankroll, you have a thousand dollar bankroll. How much money can you put in this year to play DFS? If it's five thousand, ten thousand, then that's your bankroll. Alton Burns says, uh, wouldn't adjusting the range of outcomes help fix this problem? Yes, but it also decreases the usefulness of the projections. <clears throat> Once you put the range of outcomes, now it's also going to use that randomness on your one-offs, on your pitchers, right? It's it's not just increase the range of outcomes on, on the randomness of the, the rays, right? If I'm able to do that, then you'd be correct. If I was able to say in that example, give me 20% of, you know, give me 20 stacks of the rays, and have the raise randomness at 20%. Yes, then then you'd be absolutely correct. That that would help. Then certain guys would be projected a little bit higher, a little bit lower. But I don't want to have it done for my entire player pool at that point. Because now it's going to do it for everyone. Like, no, I just want the raise, right? Uh, each stack individually like that. So yes, you, you'd be correct if it was just a raise. But do I want to set 20%, 30% randomness so... Well, I just destroyed. I just destroyed the purpose of of the projections to begin with. Let's see, going through YouTube. Mm, do, 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 do. Jimmy touchdown is Blender's course free by PDF? No, I don't have a PDF. It's an audio course. Fifteen hours. Theoryofdfs.com. Dario Rose, Rosenstock. Hey Jordan, I asked this question yesterday, but you didn't get to it. What do you do when trying to limit ownership product in lineup HQ? Well, I don't use product. You could use product in Excel, but most optimizers just show some. MLB is so high variance that I don't even mind using some as a tool. I don't. I use these right here, max total ownership. But what I'll do is just I'll build five-man stacks with everything and then see the differences in, in the ownerships of the lineups that I'm building. And if Certain lineups, I go, well, that lineup's too chalky. I look to see what the sum of the ownership is. I go, if that lineup's too chalky, that means that sum is no good. Give me lineups below that. In another sport like NBA, NBA product is going to be more important. Product is is better in in any sport. But like the differences of, like, well, I'm playing, understand that I'm playing large field GPPs mostly. And I'm playing guys, I'm playing multiple guys in my lineup that are going to be single digit owned. So at that point, like what, do I care about product? 
I'm, I'm unique. I'm leveraged. I'm done. I'm like, like, what do I care? I just don't, I just want a good, I just don't want like a, the stack because I'm playing stacks. So I could play three guys at 4% in a stack, but then the two chalk pitchers and a chalk one-off that sum may be too much. Maybe I don't want to play all that chalk, even with a 4% owned stack. So I have to see what the sum of that, that lineup is. If that lineup is too high, because what, what ends up happening is that let's say I play a 4% owned stack in my lineup. And then that automatically with the projections give you the highest projected pitcher combination and one-offs. But let's say the pitching combination is high owned and the one-offs are high owned. How do I limit that happening? Maybe I don't want to do that. I don't want to play a, a, a 28% Acuna one-off and a 35% Tatis one-off, even in a 4% owned stack. Now, what I could do is I could go to Tatis and Acuna and and cap them, right? Make sure I only get 15% of that guy or only 10% of that guy. I could do that. But in a general, I could just use max total lineup ownership. So let's say I have this 4% owned stack here, right? 4% aggregate, you know, in, in, in average. So it's five guys that are four, 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 right? 20 total. Let's say I'm playing two 50% owned pitchers and two 30% owned one-offs, okay? So that's 100 in pitching ownership. That's uh, uh, two, like, like two 30% owned one-offs, right? This is a very extreme example. That would be 100 plus 60 plus my stack is 20 plus the other one-off. Who knows what it is? It comes out to like 180-some. Do I want to play that? I probably don't want to play that lineup. Even though I have a 4% don't stack. I have all these chalky one-offs and the chalky pitcher combination. No, but that's 180. And I look and I go, well, if I get rid of 50 here, that's 130. If I get rid of that here, that's 150. If I get, so I'm like, maybe I set my max total ownership at 120. So I can't possibly get that combination. I'm not going to get I'm not even going to get the two chalk pitchers together at that point, right? Because if the stack is 4%, right? Five times four is 20. Plus whatever the ownership of the other guys, three guys in my lineup is going to be over 20. And the two chalk pitchers, maybe 50% each. Well, that's going to be over 120, which means I'm not going to get that combination. So instead of making groups, don't play the two chalk pitchers together, right? Let's say there, let's say there are two chalk pitchers on the slate. And they're both 50% owned. As long as if I put it and projected to be owned, if I put max total lineup ownership to 100, that's a blunt way of making sure that they never are in the same lineup, right? Because obviously the batters can't be 0% owned. So if one guy's 50 and the other guy's 50, you're already at 100, which means it can't give you those lineups, which means it has to put in another picture there. So I didn't have to make a group. I just added up the ownership and go that type of lineup. I do not want. What is the ownership sum of that lineup? Well, I need under that. That this is a blunt way of doing it. There are lineup constructions that may still exist like this, that you may want, but there may be less of them. That's why product is more useful, but in MLB, especially in large slates, like dude, you, I, to me, you could use max total lineup ownership percentage. That's that's how I do it. 
let's see. Anything else? What about MMA, for example, Demi? You're running lineups through Excel. Uh, no, nope, I still do. I still do it the same way. But I also leave a lot of money on the table. Uh, the way that I play MMA, remember, I'm playing for unique lineups. I'm I use Excel to determine like uniqueness of lineups. I'm I'm looking for unique lineups. MMA, I don't care. I don't care about any of this other stuff. It's just basically how many unique lineups can I build, or lineups that are more likely to be unique, or within five 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 dupes or something like that. But a lot of times I'm building a lineup that's forty eight four, that may have decent ownership except for one guy, but it's like leaving all the money on the table. That's less likely to be duped. So I may be playing some lineups like that. I may be playing some lineups that have 49-7. I may be playing, I do that outside of this, like, because for, for MMA, like ownership sum is not that, is not, is not, is, is, isn't as useful. MLB on a 12-game slate, uh, I'm not even thinking about duplication factor whatsoever. Okie doke. So there was a lesson for today. If you want to use lineup HQ and the Roto-Grinders projections, player projections, ownership projections, slate IQ, stack percentage page, cheese is good, uh, the musings, everything, premium. Click the link in the description. You get 10 bucks off your first month. We got a 12-game slate today. We got weather, right? Check Roth's, check Roth's weather report. We got shows coming up today on the YouTube. Hit the notification bell to know when they go live. NBA Grinders Live, MLB Grinders Live, crunch time for premium members. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. And we'll review it tomorrow because I'm here. I'm always here. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.